Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Hey everyone, this is BT and welcome to Inside the Episode. Today, David and I are talking about the episode, My Three Friends. And um, I know we've got more than three friends here, but this episode, I'm going to start off by saying that when you do this teaching, it always confuses me. So I'm glad we're able to go inside a little bit, just because I feel like sometimes the three people that we're going to talk about here in a moment, the confidants, the constituents, and the comrades, I know I've had them in my life, but I have a hard time pinpointing who those people are. And I think that's why this episode is crucial to go back and listen to it several times because you want to be able to know who those people are mm-hmm. in your life. So um, it's based around how we evaluate relationships in our life, which I think is really important. You said that from the onset. And then basically taking a look at the character of those individuals that'll be in your life. So let's start with just a softball question. What is it about character and the character of people that makes it so important in our lives to make sure we're making the right decisions on who these people are? That's a, that is a great, <clears throat> that is a great question. And, and you know, here's the thing. I think an individual, and I was actually kind of thinking about this this morning, because we have the ability to change our attitude, I can show up to any situation being anybody I want to be, right? And if you don't know me, you just take it at face value. Here's who this person is. They're nice. They're an asshole. They're gracious. They're vindictive. Like whatever it is that you're having an experience of in the moment, that doesn't tell you what my character is though. You know, it doesn't let you know what are my secret motivations? Why am I in this relationship? What is it that I'm trying to get from you? Or what is it that I'm trying to, um, uh, help with, or how am I trying to contribute? You don't know anything about me, really. And in it, I always thought that it was fascinating. Me, myself, and everybody that I grew up with never had any kind of instruction on how do you tell the character of a friend, somebody that you're going to meet in life. How do you know what that is? What do you do with it when you see a character change? So basically, it's like this is a nice person. We used to hear that. Or this person's a jerk. You know, would hear that. But nobody ever said, listen, you're going to have different relationships in your life. And in those relationships, it's going to be important for you to understand the character of those individuals. Even if it's from the premise of like, what is the reason this person wants to be in relationship to you in, in whatever reason? But nobody did that. So if we understand that, we can understand what, why, and how do we want this person in a relationship? How much do I want to share with them? How much can I trust this person? Can I put this person in charge of of certain things that are important in my life, that I need to be able to trust them? Also, what can I share of myself with this individual? You know, when we in the lesson... We're talking about confidants, and we're saying this is a person who's really for you, right? They're they're they love you. It's there's an unconditional love. So you would share things with a person like that that you wouldn't necessarily share with somebody else. Somebody who has a different character, 
You're not going to share your dream with them. You're not going to share sensitive information with them because it gives them the ability to do great damage if they're of the character that they could do or they would want to do great damage. So there's a lot of reasons for us to want to know the character of an individual from from like uh, I'm looking for a spouse or I'm looking for a friend or I'm looking for a business partner, or I'm looking for people to build a team within the the work that I'm doing in a business. I need to know the individual characters of these people because it tells me about them, how they approach life and what they're going to do. Yeah, and I would assume that the confidants and constituents can at times, you may think you have in this person a confidant, but it turns out that maybe they were a... confidant in disguise and they're actually a constituent. So it's not like, okay, this is a confidant. They're a confidant for life. That can maybe morph over time. And I'm I'm thinking about the people who listen to these podcasts and they themselves are feeling like, um, you know, maybe... Maybe I have someone in my life who I believe to be a confidant, but they're actually a constituent. And I, in my own life, I think growth and awareness really change how you look at people. So I'm glad that you sure. open up character there. That makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, it's just really interesting. I don't know. That's I, You know, when I first heard this lesson, because I didn't create this, right? This was a teaching that I heard from somebody else. And when I heard it, Number one was that it made me understand at a different level why so many things went wrong with people in my life that, that where it did go wrong. It also helped me understand where a lot of things went right with people. And it gave me an awareness of like, you know something? I have a tendency to want to make somebody a confidant, and they're really a constituent, right? Sure. And it's kind of like because, because I'm a nice person and I'm empathetic with people, and I'm compassionate, I could very easily overshare with someone or uh, move into a place where there's not as many boundaries. And I really shouldn't be doing that because that's not the role the person's playing in my life. Right. But see, it causes problems when you do that, and then the person behaves as who they really are. You just didn't see them that way. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, before we get too far into this, let's go through those three people who come into our lives. You did a great job of this in the episode itself, but I want to, I want to, yeah, I want to go ahead and reiterate them for people that are listening now. So we'll start with confidants. Sure. Um, they are for you mm-hmm. and you're for them. You love them unconditionally. They're in the relationship for the long haul. And if you're lucky, You'll have like two or three of these people in your entire lifetime. Um, Whatever you're setting out to do, you won't be able to achieve it until you meet this person. And I think that is a very interesting distinction. So I want to say that again. Whatever you're setting out to do, you won't be able to achieve it until you meet this person. Can you talk more about that and why it's so vital to success? Yes. So before I learned this, the way that I understood kind of the question that you're asking me was was this. Everybody has a purpose, right? But there are certain people whose purposes are connected. And you're, you need those people. They need you. You're not going to fulfill your purpose to the greatness that it can be fulfilled until you meet this person. It doesn't mean that you won't do good things or whatever, but to take it really to the next level, you need to have this other person in your life. I remember Proctor talking to me one time about Earl Nightingale because Bob was uh, vice president of sales for Nightingale Conant way back in the day. 
and um, he Earl was a mentor of his. Now, back in the day, everybody knew who Earl was because he was on the radio and he was a he was you know celebrity so to speak. Nobody knew who Lloyd Conant was, but Lloyd was the business mind behind what Earl did. And Nightingale Conant would have never become the company that it became without Lloyd and Earl. So Earl was the talent. Lloyd was the business brain behind the talent that allowed those two things to become, you know, like the largest self-improvement company in the world at one time, right? And I remember Bob teaching me this, and he was like, you know, everybody has to have uh, this person, and that person is out there. And then I learned that when you grow into the person that you need to grow into, that's when you'll meet this person. It's like it is, and I wouldn't say divine timing, but it is the timing in which it makes sense for those two people to actually come together. You'll attract that person at the right time. It's not like you can go out and start looking for them. You know, it's like you put an put an ad in right, the, in, yeah. the, in the Sunday paper. <laughs> sure. You know, I'm looking for my desperately confidant. seeking confidant. confidant. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, the idea that you only have a couple of these people is primarily because those your life purpose is entangled with their life purpose to some degree, and that and we see, like I mentioned, like Lennon and McCartney and Richards and Jagger, and you can just go on and on with great partnerships that we see, you know, very upfront in the world because the two people make each one better, significantly better, because they're actually together. Yeah, and I love that you brought in like some of those duos, those dynamic duos and things. And when you were talking about... Batman and Robin. Yeah, totally. When you were talking about those things for a moment, it made me think of the relationship between Elton John and Bernie Taupin, right? Because you wouldn't have Elton John, this masterful showman, without the brilliant lyrics that Bernie Taupin was putting in behind the scenes. It's like you... You know, you see the work that put in, but they wouldn't had achieved greatness, but you don't really know much about Bernie unless you've seen the documentaries or read the books. Right. You wouldn't even know that that behind the scenes person exists. It's know. all just Elton John. So I love that you that you said Most that. Most people today don't know right. Bernie Toppin. If yeah. you told them that Elton didn't write those lyrics, they wouldn't believe you because it's, it's not something that has to be put out there in their relationship. That's not what's important. Right, they know what's important, and they keep that relationship. To the, Bernie doesn't want to be out. In That's front, right. Right. Elton's the showman. Elton's That's the showman. why he's the showman. Yeah, it's just interesting. All these people we mentioned. I mean, you did mention JFK and Jackie as well, but most of them are from the music world. Those dynamic duos yeah. come together, and they just create magic. But without the other, the other person wouldn't have been as great. It's right. divine timing, maybe, but you know, it doesn't have to be. It's just you'll have very few people that are confidants in your life, which I think is 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 great. Um, so next, we'll move to constituents. So constituents, they are for what you're for. You have similar interests that allow each one of you to help fulfill what you want in life. Uh, But when that commonality or the interest shifts, that person sort of just fades away and disappears. Uh, Never think for a moment, you said this brilliantly, that they are for you, even though it may seem like that when they say so. These are like the team members, the players that are surrounding you. They're constituents, uh, but um, you know, they are 
they're for what you're for, not right. for you. Right. So when we look at them, you said there'll be many of these people in your life. Uh, they come in for a, you know, a season and a reason, right? Um, and there's the skill involved, I believe, and I'm hoping you can help me with this, to differentiate between the confidant and the constituent. Is that important to know in the moment? Because like we talked about at the top of this, they, sometimes they shift. You don't really do. know until you're in it. So is there like a skill I should be looking out for to determine if this person is a true confidant or if they're just one of the many constituents who will come into my life? Yeah, and, and here's, this is what I think. It's, it's a really interesting question because I'm sure that you could break this down into an evaluative process. But I also think that when you're talking about a confidant, I think it's like you just know. You'll know you it. You know it. It's like a tuning fork that you, goes off you, in your body. You absolutely, you absolutely know it. Most of the people that are going to be in our life are going to be the constituent, constituent level, right? And it doesn't mean you can't be great friends. I mean, you could be friends for a lifetime. You could be friends for 20 or 30 years. You could do all kinds of things together. But there's that one little thing where they would be like, if this happened, I'd be out, right? The, the confidant wouldn't be like that. Like if you were... If you were in jail, you know, uh, and you became a crack baby and you're in jail, they'd be there for you. Right. They wouldn't ask questions. They might read you the riot act on the way home, but they're going to be there for you no matter what. And that's a different, that's a different level. And if you, because when I think about all the different people that I have studied, when I learned this, I was like, that makes sense of why these two people were together. They didn't always get, get along the greatest either, which, which says a lot about the difference between the confidant and the constituent, right? Here's a, here's a real, a real famous one in the rock industry. You have Jimmy Page and, and Robert Plant, right? Neither one of them has had the success without the other that they had together. And the thing that kills, that kills Robert is that he knows that he will never be that greatness without Jimmy. And it, it's, it so bothers him that he has to go and do it anyway, do it on, on, on his own. And he'll never, he'll never have the same level that he had before. So it drives, a, it drives a wedge. But even he will say that this person is his spiritual musical brother in life. And it brought something to the table that he has not ever found any, you know, anywhere else. That it was it was at that level, but there's also a degree of we don't necessarily get along with each other yeah. all that much. Yeah, I mean, and to, to bring, you know, the sports world into it, it was like Shaq and Kobe. You know, I mean, when totally. they were when they were together, they were at each other's throats. They but they drove each other to be great. And then when, you know, Shaq went to Miami and he won a championship there, Kobe, it willed him to win without Shaq. And he ended up winning championships down the right. road. But it was like neither one of them could could I mean, they did break away and they did end up having a collective but if they would have stayed together if they could have just learned to you know be together on that team they probably would have won 8 or yeah. 9 or 10 more who yeah. knows right but it's just interesting to see that division that happens and think I can go out and do this on my own when the true magic lies in sort of that dysfunction yes. well it's it's interesting you bring that up because you and I were big fans of the the documentary about the last season of the Bulls. Yes, last and Jordan dance. talked about you would not see me up here if it wasn't for Pippen. True. Wherever you see me, 
that Scotty's right there yes. also. And they did figure out how to actually do that dance together, so to speak, in, yeah. in order to bring out that great. And I'm sure, like, well, you know so much more about sports than I do. But I'm sure, well, I mean, we just did the thing on Tiger Woods, right. Tiger and his father. Right, exactly. Look what happened after dad died. Yeah. Right? So there, this is this confident thing is huge, but most people just don't know it. Yeah, for sure. And, and with constituents, it's really interesting, you know, and I think of, you know, mega celebrities who have like an entourage that follows them around, just a bunch of toadies and, and yes men um, that are telling them how great they are. But if yeah. some, the second something goes south, the some second, you know, something bad happens, negative press, they start to distance themselves. And that's when you find out, you know, the phrase is you find out who your true friends are. Your confidants will be with you no matter what thick and thin your constituents will fall off in a second if things start to sour turn south and make them look negative it's just really really interesting yeah and then and then finally we get to comrades you know comrades are not for you and they're not for what you're for they're against what you're against the relationship doesn't have to be you know any dislike or disharmony there it can be full of energy and excitement like you said but make mo- no mistake they are against what you're against and they're help they're there to help you do battle with something in yeah. your life can you talk more about that battle and maybe give an example of what a comrade would look like sure i think um, everybody in life has great battles that they're going to fight. You don't even have, like, it's very easy to say this if you're doing something with great significance, like you're building this major business or you're out there trying to change the world or whatever. But even the average person, T, is going to have great battles in their life. You know, they may have a a kid or a spouse with cancer or an accident happens or they're getting sued um, or, or something blows up in the family uh, there's all kinds of stories about people that, you know, had to, they ended up battling their city or their state or some local government change in, in whatever. Then you hear about the person that came in to help them fight that battle. And maybe it was an attorney or it was a political figure or it was a great doctor or whatever it might have been. These are people that have an interest in overcoming a specific set of things in the world, and they've and they've specialized their their life on battling these things. It could be the defense attorney, right? It could be the prosecutor. They wait. Their job is to find the people that need that service to help them battle the great battle that's actually going to be in their life. You don't even know you need this person until you're in some kind of a battle. Um, when you're in one of those life battles or one of those health challenges or, or what it doesn't matter what the challenge is it, what it matters is that every person is going to have these challenges throughout their life and you need like the great warrior to come in to help you actually move through it so this person is against what you're against and they're going to come in and they're going to help you fight the good fight so that you can come out on the other side of it. Yeah, and I think for me, just to bring it into my own life, I think that I've had a lot of comrades in my life, especially when I was a teacher. Um, and the battle wasn't necessarily against uh, a certain thing. It was more against the establishment. Like as a teacher, you're complaining about the teacher's union because your wage is low. You're complaining about the principal who's making you come in on a Saturday to do something. So it's, you're against that and okay. people rally to the cause. Um, I think I get hung up on the word battle a little bit, but I felt like they weren't really 
I guess maybe they could be considered constituents or they could be comrades. I guess this is where I get so stuck in this lesson. But I feel like when we were rallying to improve the the working relationship within the union and rising up and uh, making sure we were spoken for, there were a bunch of comrades. But as soon as I left teaching, it just went away. I didn't have that commonality anymore. The interest shifted. Yes. The union would be a great example of that. Sure. Right? Because... They're they're against unfair treatment of an employee. Yes. Right. So no matter where you go, whether it's a truck drivers union, or it is the the food unions, or or whatever, uh, the airline unions, it is you're they're all, you're against as an individual mm-hmm. as an employee of some sort. You want fair treatment, so you're against unfair treatment, unfair wages, and the union is set up to d- demand that you're treated right. fair and that you get fair wa- and that the power is doesn't become out of balance, but you're right. Then when you leave, if you leave the union, their relationship's over. There's totally. nothing. There's nothing there. Yeah, and you don't. And you find out really quickly. You don't have a lot in common, especially when you're on a growth journey like you know Steph and I went through. We found out like our friends just sort of just faded away. There wasn't any ill will. It's right. just and and really what was interesting about that is that it triggered me to the place where I felt, oh, I'm better than someone. <laughs> and I can't be better than someone because I should be the same as someone. And it really was interesting as that as that unfolded. So um confidants, constituents, comrades, um, is there like can you like write on a sheet of paper those three columns and start listing people or is that I- I think you could. I Is think, it that important? I guess. Like, here's yes. I think it's very important. But but I think it's important from looking at it almost from the reverse. You don't want to put somebody in one of these columns that doesn't belong there. And really, the two that that cause the most problems are confidence and constituents. Sure. When a person is is making someone a, 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 a confidant that is not a confidant. That's where I see the biggest problems, sure. right? Because the, they're, they're, they're sharing things with that person that they shouldn't be sharing. And they're expecting things that they shouldn't expect. It's also the one where you see it on the opposite side. Very often, the constituent does not understand that they're a constituent. They, they may think even they're think they're a confidant, confidant until something goes wrong. And I think I mentioned in the in the episode marriages is where we see that very often. We also see it in business. Like you you see two people in partnership, they have a difference of opinion on something and then the relationship is over. What they find out was that the relationship was based on whatever that thing was and how it brought some kind of significance to the relationship itself. Yeah, they weren't a confidant to begin with. They were a constituent, but they thought they were confidants. Right. And you've said multiple times in many teachings that be very careful who you share your dream with. That's correct. You know, you really believe that, like, especially your family. You know, you'd love to think that your family are confidants, but... In all actuality, looking through my family, they're more constituents, I would say. They're for what I'm for, but I don't tell them every little thing, especially when I'm going through a growth journey. It's just, it's just really fascinating. I Um, think, you know, when you look at it, and here's another place, marriages. So whenever I teach this, I'm always very aware and the team's very aware the people in the audience are going to be highly triggered by this. Some people are going to be really triggered because all of a sudden you may find out, you may all of a sudden have the realization that your spouse is not a confidant, but a constituent. 
And now it's like, well, what the hell does that mean, right? It, it, you know, in this moment, it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing, right? Um, people get married for all different kinds of reasons. But take this into consideration for a second. When we get married, we have different values as to what is the covenant of marriage, right? Many people look at it and say it really needs to be a lifetime commitment regardless. That means that if both people hold that value, that they would literally be coming from the place where it should be a confidant, right? Because it means that no matter what happens in this marriage, we're in it it to death, okay? Some people, many people say it, but they don't do it. And then when something goes wrong in the marriage, which it's going to happen, they're looking for the exit door. But see, that's when you find out you weren't married to a confidant, you were married to a constituent. constituent. And it also means that the other person didn't really know who they were to begin with. Because if they took the same vow and they said, till death do his part, except for, and then they list, here's the things that could go wrong that would, to, you know, I'm out the, I'm out the back door if this, if this stuff happens. They didn't really know who they were to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, I think the reason I struggle with this lesson from time to time is my linear brain wants to make the confidants the people in our lives that are we want to surround ourselves with and the comrades who we don't. And you said very eloquently in the episode none of these three people are bad. No. Don't my mind wants I don't know why my mind wants me to put them these are good people, these are bad people and have an opposition. It's just the way my mind works, but the truth is is these people are in your life and they're yes. not bad. It doesn't no. have to be a bad situation. So no. 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 It goes bad when we don't understand it. Sure. Because then we 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 intermingle our emotional state with people. We intermingle the position the authority, the trust, and that stuff gets all really muddled. But, I mean, we've talked about this many times. We don't learn this as kids. No. Nobody ever teaches us this stuff right. when we're children. Yeah, it's true. It is, oh, this is a nice person. I mean, There's that's that kind nice of how we, yeah, yeah, we define people by are they nice or are they an asshole? Sure. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be blunt, but it really is that way for so many individuals. So they don't have a deeper knowledge of what is it that makes up this person's character and how do I evaluate that so I know how far I want to go with this person? What do I want to do with this person? Do I want this person to have be in control of the money in my in my company, right? Right. It it really makes up a a a, a lot as far as where we make decisions from, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, go back and listen to this over and over again so you can kind of understand the confidants, constituents, and comrades for sure. Uh, as I wind it down here, just one more question. In in order for us to move forward in life, we're going to need other people. You said that plainly. Yes. And they will fall underneath one of these three categories. Uh, relationships with people who know more than we do are are powerful because they give us something to strive for. Right. Um, they can be intimate. They can be non-intimate. And this is made for ever more apparent during this recent pandemic. <coughs> Excuse me. So how have you seen this shift over the course of the last year? Because now we're we're sort of relying on people, I feel like, more and more, but in a virtual setting. Have you seen a shift in that? I've seen a shift in many different ways because with people being locked up in the same household, they're finding out with things within the relationship they didn't necessarily know. I see this deepening some relationships and ending other 
relationships. Um, it's also, I think, from a, like a one-on-one perspective, I think that there's this idea of I'm kind of faced with having to get to know myself a little bit better. Do I like what I see or don't I like what I see, right? If I, if I switch this and hold it up as a mirror, right, am I a confidant to myself or am I a constituent to myself? And I also think, T, some people would actually be a comrade to their self. You see people that literally go through life where everything's a fucking injustice and they have to, and, they're, and that's all they're doing is battle. They're always looking for what's wrong. They're always looking for the next thing that they, that they need to fight against uh, in their lifetime. And they're literally being a comrade with, with themselves. Man, that's interesting. I never even thought to like look at myself and figure out, ask myself a question. Am I a confidant to myself? Am I a constituent or am I a comrade? That, that totally <laughs> brings a whole other conversation into this thing. So, well, I think this is uh, very powerful and um, I'm going to go back and listen again. Good. All right. Thanks for coming inside. You bet. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.